Uh, all right, we we got we have to like again apologize to all of the uh, people who are listening to this show sometime in the future. <laughs> I'm sorry, time bandits. That's what we should call. Yes. That should be the official name for someone who listens to the show on podcast later on, and therefore is annoyed that a lot of the things we reference aren't relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. You should. You guys officially dub the time bandits. That's good. I like that because. People have dubbed the picture of the day pods, and so that gets confusing. With we didn't do a picture of the day today, by the way. Maybe we'll have to do a posthumous one, mm-hmm. which would uh, be a <laughs> peapod, <laughs> posthumous picture of the day. Um, it's TBTL on News Talk 710 Cairo. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. On our Monday shows, we take you through the most recent week that was in the world of TBTL, but Friday shows are a chance to go back a little further into the archive and show our appreciation for the TBTLs of yesteryear. And joining me today on this journey from the Holmes Gets Wise studios in Linwood, Washington, is the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello again, Christy. Hello, Anne. It's time for another clip show. And for the first time, we're doing a part two on a topic. So we talked in the past about how TBTL is so meta and self-referential and full of inside jokes that kind of take on a life of their own and how it has this unique vocabulary. And you and I did a show way back on May 20th of 2016, which was oh, wow, it was that yep, long ago. Episode number 117 for anyone who's keeping count that was about basic TBTL terminology. And I remember I was almost brand new on LRB at that time and I was your fill-in replacement host while you and Jeremy were getting married. And you were coming back and I was getting nervous because I thought I was going to get kicked out. (laughs) But she'd be like, bye, Anne, thanks. (laughs) And so when you guys brought up the idea of doing a monthly clip show, I was like, I could I could do that. I could produce it. Do you just tell me what kind of uh, subjects you want to talk about? And I can look for clips and cut them down. And I don't have to be on the show. I'll just do all the work for you guys because, you know, that was my... My plan back in those days was to just do so much work that you'd be like, well, we'll let her stick around. (laughs) And that was actually a successful strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Except for that I wanted you on the show forever and ever until you start replacing me. Now you're everybody's favorite. Oh, come on now. I mean, how many people in Austin were like, and you're my favorite or and you're my favorite after Meredith. Like we heard a lot of those we things. We did, didn't we? <laughs> no one ever said Christy's my favorite. When it was just me and Mike, I was everybody's favorite. <laughs> well, that's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> 
But joke was on me because I thought I would just do all the behind the scenes work for these. And then all of a sudden, it's just totally everyone's like, go for it, Anne. And so this um, this particular show, the TBTL terminology show, was the first one that you and I did together way back then. So really? we're coming full circle. Are we doing, are you going to fire me at the end of yeah. the show? <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh, ding. I should have listened to the clips better. <laughs> what was that line um, from the Princess Bride that the Dread Pirate Roberts always told Wesley uh, in the beginning? Uh, Good night, Wesley. Good job today. I'll probably kill you in the morning. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I hope you're never a manager that can hire and fire people. <laughs> well, anyway, we are we are back. I know it's very surprising to everybody out there, but there are a few more TBTL terms <laughs> that might need some explanation. And a lot of them are even not that much in the consciousness of the show now. When we did the first terminology show, it was really easy because it was like, why do we call ourselves tens? And what what is Luke talking about when he says eagle soaring? And what are tonight pants? Um, but these are uh, ones that haven't necessarily stuck around in the like everyday fabric of the show, but they were for a long time. A lot of them are kind of from the Jen era. So once she wasn't on the show anymore, I think that um, since Andrew didn't have the context, maybe they they weren't as big a deal anymore. But those of us who have listened to the old shows uh, really have a fondness for them, I think. I mean, I can't speak for mm -hmm. you, but I know that I love some of these things. And we use them sort of privately. Oh uh, among ourselves, right. right? Yeah, I think tens use them amongst themselves. It's what, you know, they might call canon in like super superhero oh, sure. lingo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're definitely the building blocks that built TBTL and the tens. Yeah, the funny thing about TBTL canon, though, is that TBTL canon isn't even canon. Because I remember after we did that uh, first terminology show, Someone somewhere down the line was like, oh, what does it mean that we're called tens? And Luke and Andrew couldn't even really explain very well. And there were people on the Stens page that were just listing all these alternate theories. And I was like, no, did you not <laughs> no, listen to our show? <laughs> I spelled well, it it's out. Just like <laughs> it's just like anytime, you know, J.J. Abrams trying to make a Star Wars movie looks to fans <laughs> and says, okay, let's see the canon. And they just need to ask us. Exactly. <laughs> well, Andrew's getting better about that. He asks you about stuff every once in a while, right? He does. He does. How many times have we replayed the boat show? <laughs> or... <laughs> How is it possible we've had 10 songs of the summer, but only nine years? <laughs> oh, dear. That's terrible. But anyway, we thought that this would be a, a lot of fun for the people who know the terms to revisit them and listen to these really fun clips and also good for some of the newer shows. And, and by newer, I mean, you know, heard less than 600 shows or something. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you guys are all newbies. The newbies. 
<laughs> so that you can learn exactly uh, where these come from. Because I think they actually pop up more on the Stens page than anywhere else. People yes. still talk about them every once in a while. So, Or in the amazing LRB merch that you can find on littleredbandwagon.com. That is true. I was thinking this may solve a mystery for people who have gone to our merch yep. page. All right. So let's... Uh, actually, before we get into the clips, the one thing that we wanted to talk about um, is for people who may be time banditing in the future, what do we think will be the terms that have gone away that are currently popular? And you came up with a couple of really good ones that we just think that are going to like run their course. And then the new, new TBTL listeners will be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll add a, ooh, another one would be probably um, Song of Ice and Spoilers. Oh, that's a that's good thought. Dead. Yep. Like that show's gone. Yep. I know a lot of people are crossing their fingers that no point conversion will go away. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? This is slightly off topic, but uh, I, you know, I don't watch sport ball and I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I have liked... Song of Ice and Spoilers, much better since they had Nick Jarn on. I think Nick, that's mm -hmm. an almost universal opinion. So I would be much happier with No Point Conversion if they got somebody on there who was knowledgeable about sport ball, who could talk about with them. Like, what if Stu came on to do it with Ooh, them? Stu or any of the Burbank brothers? <gasps> oh, my God. If we could get Sam or David, that would be awesome. Right. I would I would uh love to hear any of those three come on, Stu or the Burbank brothers or maybe both Burbank brothers. Mm -hmm. That would be great because I think mm -hmm. Luke and Andrew just can't I don't know, stay focused enough or whatever, but I don't know. I was just listening to the most recent No Point Conversion today, so that's top of mind for me. <laughs> so we can talk about it in more detail on the clip show about No Point Conversions. Just kidding. Oh, is that going to happen? Just kidding. <laughs> I I think I've said before, I already have um, archivists that say, please, 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 no more weeks with no porn conversions or song of the summer <laughs> or any musicians or any ice and spoiler. Those are our biggest like no's. And for my star archivist, I hold months. Oh. Around like Sarah, of course, Sarah. Um, she asked for no more no point conversions, so I just have the summer months reserved for her. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you were so accommodating. Yeah. I am. If you're good, if you finish weeks, I'll I'll do what, uh, whatever to accommodate. Oh. Well, I figure if the time ever comes when I decide to do a clip show on no point conversion, I'll do it with Mike, and I will yes. pick out the segments that absolutely infuriate him the most, so that we can all <laughs> listen to his blood pressure elevate, and that'll be entertaining. This that's a perfect idea. All the ones where Luke gets it mm -hmm. wrong about football. Okay. <laughs> I co-signed this idea. It's a plan. So anyways, besides the Song of Ice and Spoilers, we were thinking about uh, other terms that may have left the lexicon in a few years' times. And you said the tuna bro you think mm -hmm. might not be there anymore. Yes. Uh, also, uh, the fish sandwich. Is it too early for a fish sandwich? Yes. Uh, and uh, I and tall ships maybe to maybe. continue the nautical theme. Really, I said that maybe we will have moved past pink ink. 
Agree. I hope we're past porch cooler. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. I think Andrew's just too proud of it. <laughs> so keep those in mind, people, about all the the words that we use now that we figure are going to be around forever. And, and you don't know. There are words on this list tonight that we never thought would fall out of favor. And yet here we are. No. So shall we get into it? Yes, let's do it. I have a couple of thanks. First, as usual, I want to thank Ben Quick for finding one of these clips. And then also uh, Kaylin. And I'm really sorry. I'm totally unsure of how you pronounce your name, Kaylin. I'm just guessing. I even remember seeing a <laughs> Facebook thread where you were talking about how people get your name wrong all the time. So I'm super afraid that I got that wrong. <laughs> Don't you... Um... It's a lady, mm-hmm. Kaylin. Mm-hmm. Don't you think you should have called Kaylin and listened to voicemail? Listen oh, to that's true. She said her voice. I'll make sure that I call her when I know that she won't answer her phone so I can hear the outgoing right. message. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll pull a Phyllis Fletcher on that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, however she pronounces it, it's beautiful. So, yes. And she did the hard work of finding and cataloging this clip. So thank you very much. And... Uh, all the other clips I found myself. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you either archived or found them. <laughs> so thank you, Anne. Some of them I just ran acl- across randomly, and some of them I was actually assigned in my archiving. And I'm this mm-hmm. first one that we'll get into, I had been looking for forever. In fact, I was looking to do this one in the first clip show for the terminology, and I could not find it anywhere. And then just a couple of months ago, when I was archiving my assigned week, there it was. And I was so happy, I almost jumped out of my chair, because (laughs) it's an amazing term sent by a listener, co-signed by Jen. This is the origin of the term tired and emotional. Let's listen to that. Lisa is in uh, Westport, Ireland. Dear Jen, excuse me, dear Jen, I finally figured out how time banditry works. Beyond the recent shows, and am pillaging the archives with me iPod hidden in a big sack marked loot. In preparation for making it through Christmas visiting my family, it seems, do we know if she's actually Irish? No, we don't. Okay, well, I'm just going to go with it. It seems like the right time to thank you all for keeping me sane and amused. I'm far beyond your geographical remit, living in a small town in the west of Ireland, where tens might be pushing it. And it's a privilege to borrow good radio from so far away. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy the holidays, and as a teeny thank you gift, I wanted to offer some vocabulary genius, in case you're not acquainted with it yet. Then she links to Wikipedia. Um, And the Wikipedia entry is about the way that the British and Irish or Australian press handles drunk. Actually, I don't know if if it extends to all of the presses, but I know that, you know, British, Irish or Australian people can use this euphemism for drunk. And in at least where she's writing from, it's libelous. It's potentially libelous for any news organization to describe someone as drunk unless they've actually been subjected to. To it has to have been legally proved. Right. So you can't say I was at an event and this congressman were, or, or a sorry parliamentary member yes. was speaking and he seemed drunk. 
You can't say anything like that. According to an urban legend, this is from Wikipedia, um, uh, Labor Cabinet Minister George Brown appeared on the BBC following the assassination of John F. Kennedy in 1963, and a BBC presenter subsequently described him as tired and emotional. Thus was born this euphemism in uh, the UK for when you're drunk. They say you're tired and emotional. Because at least in the in in uh, in England they can't say that you're that you're drunk, and in Ireland that must come up a lot. <laughs> oh, toy, toy, toy! I think this is super helpful for for us for our TBTL team here, absolutely. Because we are often telling stories yeah. about when we became tired and emotional, right? And we are very aware. <laughs> T and E. Yeah, we are very aware that some people have their children listening. I don't know why, but that's a conversation for another day, and that may. That one woman called in and said we talk about being tired and emotional too mm-hmm. much. T&E. So I think this is going to transform our storytelling. I agree. I agree. Because it, it is, I, I think I've even said this on the show, it, it's a little predictable and it's a little bit overused when we say, oh, I was having a few. Because we, we sort of always say that. That seems to be at the crux of most of our stories. Mm-hmm. So anytime we can color up the language a little bit, add something like tired and emotional, yep. I think that's going to really serve us well. So I don't consider that a teeny gift. Yeah, that's that's the best gift of the new year. Right after Alec Baldwin giving me three hopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheers, signed Lisa, Westport, Ireland. Love it. What do you think of my accent? It was great. Not it was terrible. a little bit on the leprechaun. Side. It was a little Lucky Charms. Yeah. So, Christy, I want to start by saying that this clip works for me entirely because of Luke's Irish accent. Oh my gosh. It is ridiculous. <laughs> Hilarious. And it is awesome. <laughs> and unlike many of his other accents, you actually know what it's supposed to be. And he kept it through the entire letter, which was pretty long. Yeah. And it doesn't turn into Bill Clinton. So no. 10 out of 10, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> so is that his accent that he should be focusing on? Or did he get worse at accents? Hmm. Maybe he was just trying harder back in those days. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should send him the clip and say, remember the good old days of when you used to be good at accents? <laughs> Make him try it again. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. I think my favorite part is the oh. very end where he asks Jen what she thought of his accent. And she's like, it's a little on the leprechaun side. <laughs> and uh, a little lucky charms. And I want to say a little. <laughs> I loved it. I really wish that at that moment, Jen would have said, what accent? Oh, my God. (laughs) But I have questions about this whole uh, using of tired and emotional as a substitute for drunk. If we all know that it means drunk anyway, then who are we fooling? I mean, I know it's about the libel laws, but... Mm -hmm. I would think if we're talking spirit of the law versus letter of the law, it's pretty obvious what's going on. Oh, right. It's like mm-hmm. when um, stars go to the hospital for exhaustion, right? Mm-hmm. Or they go to go to rehab after a racist um, rant or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. I mean, everybody knows what's going on, <laughs> but it is good for TBTL purposes, right? Yeah, like Jen says, because there's kids listening and they had gotten feedback that all of their stories are about drinking. 
but I don't understand why that's a problem for kids. <laughs> well, you also have to think about that this is the show was on a conservative radio oh. channel at night. I suppose so, but so so not just tens, but they got some hop-ons, and those hop-ons like to complain a lot. If you remember back in the days, like the message boards were full of people trolling them. I mean, that's where we get golf man, right? right. Saying how terrible it is. There were uh, voicemails that they used to play. Remember is too beautiful to mm-hmm. be whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I I probably someone listening and saying, well, that's it. I'm writing in. I don't know. I'm I mean, we're all sensible people, right? Uh, our power in the situation, if we don't like it, then we change the channel. And if right. you think it's not appropriate for your kids, then you put on the Raffi tape or something. And right. don't say that there's anything wrong like- with Raffi because I love that baby beluga. <laughs> I just don't. They weren't talking about doing illegal things. Mm-mm. People drink. It's it's a legal substance. It's not like they were talking about getting prostitutes and um, and doing drugs and how crazy and messed up they were the night before. Okay, well, drinking, but um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I think that when you're on conservative radio, you have it's a little bit more touchy. I suppose so. And having to use the term tired and emotional does give their stories a certain sort of charm. Yes. Rather than just being like, I was drunk again. Right. And then when they shortened it to T&E is the best. I, and Luke just did it almost immediately. You would think that yes. it would be a little while before he would come up with that. But nope, he was right on that. Yeah, that's the same with the time bandits. I was really shocked at how quick he came up mm-hmm. with it. Just off the top of his head. Okay, you time banding. Oh, wait, that's what we should call it. <laughs> just, I mean, he's just so quick on that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I can never tell a story about me being T&E because it's just not my scene. But I figure that Jen and Luke balance me out with their stories, right? <laughs> well, you could definitely tell a story of when you were ti- literally tired and or emotional. Oh, that's true. I have many of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it kind of it, it, it opens the spectrum for people that don't drink, mm-hmm. right? That's true. I feel like I learned a lot about being a functional alcoholic wi- without ever having to <laughs> drink any alcohol. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I think my favorite line was um, Jen saying, Tired and emotional is the best gift of this year, right after Alec Baldwin giving three hopes. And you know what? I I kind of want to know what those hopes are, but I just want to keep it that way. Oh. As if Alec Baldwin gives her three hopes every year. If I looked up my archiving records, I could find it because I did you archive know. that week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just such a Jen thing to pop off and say right? yes it was instead of making resolutions for the new year she was going to take alec baldwin's three hopes of course i, I oh, don't okay. remember exactly right. exactly what they were but but they were very optimistic i remember in the perfect gen way you know what i actually miss i miss the andrews date remember those days yes <laughs> speaking of being t and e at work <laughs> 
Gosh, I love it. And so remind, yeah, I mean, maybe we should yeah, talk remind about newer listeners what exactly that was. They so the Andrews date was Jen and Jason would go on a date before work because she started work at seven and the it usually was day drinking mm-hmm. um, or afternoon drinking because, you know, Jason's done with work and she's about to start and maybe walk around Green Lake or do whatever. But she would often get very drunk and then come to work <laughs> i wouldn't say very drunk she's still functional tipsy yeah she's not blacked out no no but those are some of the best shows be, be after an andrews day oh they were so great and the the two of them together because i remember they had just the one car so he drove her everywhere and she might even come into work early for meetings or to work on the show mm-hmm. or whatever and then he would come get her and take her for the Andrews date and then she would come back semi-sloshed and maybe he would like go work and listen or sometimes he would just be like there at Cairo waiting for her to be done and it was just all so charming and lovely yes I would need to get away from my them. partner but for the two of them it sounds like <laughs> no, it really worked I- I want to be real life friends with them. Mm-hmm. Is are they? What does it? Andrew call it IRL friends. Yes, <laughs> I I want the Andrews to be my IRL friends. And I Luke always claimed that the Andrews date was um, Jen's secret weapon for their weigh-ins every night because whenever she was like <laughs> down a pound and a half or something, he would be like, "Oh, that Andrews date worked again." <laughs> but I don't understand how that works. Nope. <laughs> All right, should we go to the next one? Please. And before we listen to this clip, can I just say the fact that I included this is evidence of my love for all of you. That this story disgusts <laughs> me. And yet, I'm bringing it to you. Yes. <laughs> I was actually shocked when I saw it on the clip, <laughs> the list of clips. All right. So this one comes to us March 30th of 2011. Jen st- tells a story of her friend having a terrible poop story on her honeymoon that leads us to an amazing TVTL terminology. Uh, it also reminded me of a friend of, a friend of mine. They went on their honeymoon to Mexico and their parents, as a gift, bought them a um, like a whale watching or some kind of um, mm-hmm. mini cruise where you yeah. go out for the day to go see something. Yeah. Well, they got Giardia and they got sick. And um, the way that they tell it, they were there was, you know, the one bathroom in their hotel room. And so they flipped a coin to see who got the tub and who got the toilet. And that's how they spent most of their honeymoon was together, together in that way. Um, Dan said Dan got the the tub. And so he said that he would pull the curtain when it was real bad to give them each some privacy. Those are not designed (laughs) for that. That's just, just like the the. The, I'm just thinking about the drainage. That just so this was in their hotel. So that, but they had been given this this cruise, and they really wanted to go on it. It was kind of the nice thing they were doing. Yeah. It was one of those things where then in the evening, nicer have, than like... shitting your brains out in a bathtub. <laughs> nicer than that. <laughs> and then the, it's supposed to be like this whole day, and then they serve like a really fancy dinner up on the deck in mm-hmm. the evening, and you know you watch the sunset, all that. So. um they thought they, they had pulled it together because this had been like 24 hours of this special bathroom time. 
So they thought they had pulled it together. Did you decided, say this was their honeymoon? Yes. So they decided to go on the cruise. So they're on the cruise and they're out out in the ocean and when it hits again. But it hit Dan a minute earlier. And so he left and went downstairs to the bathroom. And then it hit Annie, but it hit her like that. And she realized she couldn't make it to a bathroom. It was an emergency. So she jumped overboard. Oh, my God. (laughs) So she jumped overboard into the ocean and she just kind of swam away from the boat. And everybody was like, Annie, Annie. And she's like, I'm just looking over here. So she swims away. Oh, my God. That's actually a kind of a brilliant idea. (laughs) She swims away. And then she turns around because she's kind of worried about the boat leaving her. Yeah. And so she turned around and was like, she said, actually making eye contact with people on the boat while she's having diarrhea. But she's like kind of trying to wave and act like she just needed a a swim. That is, that's such a great solution. Except that... uh, (laughs) How do I put this delicately? It's kind of hard to do that in the water, isn't it? Because there's a whole pressurization issue. Well, it was really hard. And she was also trying to, um, she had her bathing suit on under her little sundress. And so she was trying to also kind of take the bathing suit off so that she'd be able to put it back on yeah, afterward. Right, that was her so, And so she was treading and she was trying oh to get, the, and she was God. trying to like wave and right, be like, just wanted cool. to cool down. It's so nice out here. But she didn't want to make it sound too nice because she didn't want other people to jump in. So she was trying to do this There was also thing. at this point three or four sharks that were trailing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then <laughs> A mud shark. About five minutes passed, and Dan came back up on deck and looked, and they were like, she just jumped in. And he looked over. He knew exactly what happened. They just made like eye contact, and he was just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So she's out there. So then the captain is like ready to move on, and he just thinks she has, for some ridiculous reason, jumped in the water. Isn't it strange how, (laughs) we've talked about this before on the show, these kinds of events where you'd rather people think you were crazy than have... A completely normal thing, which is your stomach is being weird. Yeah. But you would go with, I'm the kind of person who jumps off of a whale watching tour for no reason. You'd rather it be that than my body is reacting in a normal fashion to something that's beyond my control. Right. And that was exactly what she was trying to pull (laughs) off. But then what happened was the captain wanted to move on. And so he was kind of, let's go, let's go. So finally he yells out, Annie, come on back to the boat now. And she held her finger up. While she treaded water and said, just a minute, Ron. <laughs> and she finished up. And wait, was she... it Captain Ron? <laughs> from from Overboard? No, wait. Wasn't there a movie also called, called Captain, Captain Ron? Ron with Martin Short. Right. So then she swam back and she crawled up the little oh. ladder and just tried to act like it was totally normal and all that stuff. And I, I've just loved that story forever, but it also has given us this shorthand that we use and I wanted to give to you and everyone else, which is when you are having a bathroom emergency and somebody is like, let's go, we're late for the movie or whatever, or what are you doing in there? You just say, just a minute, Ron. (laughs) And then like, we just know, oh, no problem. You don't have to yell out, I'm having diarrhea. Like like if you're in a restaurant and you excuse yourself to the bathroom and pretty soon like your husband wanders over and is like, babe. Yeah. Just a minute, Ron. That's so good. God, Jen, that is really yeah, useful. Useful. Really useful. Um, did did she more or less get away with it? Yeah. Okay, Anne. <laughs> Whew. Deep breath, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did you include the clip, but now you've invited poop talk. I know. I did it to myself. <laughs> All right. Well, Let's get the worst of the grossness out of the way, as far as I'm concerned. The idea 
of one of you on the toilet and one of you in the tub with just the shower curtain separating you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my relationship could stand that, frankly. Well, since I've had to do this. (gasps) um, What? Yeah. And weirdly enough, on my first honeymoon. Oh, Christy. It's not the reason we got divorced. <laughs> we both got very sick and same thing. I I got the toilet. He had to be in the shower. Nothing you can do. So then then it's a toss up. Can your relationship handle that or pooping the bed? Like wh- you have to choose one <laughs> at that point. We are both so sick. Um, I'm. <laughs> Did you I'm, hang up? No. <laughs> I'm silent because I'm trying to process this. <laughs> I mean, what would you do? Like, I can't even get to a decision point on that because I can't ever. I have never had any kind of episode like this. So I'm sure that if it happened to me, then I would be making that decision real quick. But I can't even bring myself to be like, oh, yeah, the the tub for sure. <laughs> oh, if you can be the one on the toilet, you got to go with that. Oh, I see. Well, yes. But if I'm choosing between <laughs> tub and bed. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> And in the moment, I'm glad and I hope that you never, ever get that sick um, and you never get the flu like that. But you don't have like you, it just goes into like animal instinct of survival at that point. <laughs> you just don't think about it. You don't care that there's someone possibly watching you do do this. You just need to get the poison out. <laughs> I'm thinking of that scene in Bridesmaids. Yeah, Exactly. Just kind of squats down in the middle of the road. And then they're like fighting each other. That That's what happens. And I'm so happy for you that you've never had to deal with that. Yeah, I, apparently I'm never going to Mexico. Right. But I've, I've gotten the flu that bad also here. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now yeah. I'm scared. It is not. Um, on that same trip, I got sick first while I was on a boat. So I had the opposite of this couple. Um, We first went scuba diving and I thought I was just motion sick and I was like puking on the boat and the guy just like picked me up from the um, uh, life jacket and threw me off the boat. What? And I just, because it's better. I suppose. And so I just was like throwing up in the water Oh and no, how can that be better? How? How can that be better? Cuz you feel less of the waves if if you're in the water than if you're on top of it, I guess. Oh, it's okay. It's less rocky. And also then and then just like fishes come up and eat it. <laughs> then I thought, "Okay, I'm going to just be better." And then later that night we both got it. Mm. And it was terrible. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So um, so Luke says, would you rather people think that you're crazy other than having a digestive problem? <sighs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good. I feel like, okay, so I've been on these cruise type things where there's that person, the nuts person mm-hmm. who ruins the time for everyone. 
And yet everybody has pooped. I think I'd rather just be like, you guys, something's going on. Like, <laughs> I'm having some issues. <laughs> and I'm kind of upset at the husband. He should have told. Like, uh, Ron, okay, we got to talk. <laughs> we got some cha-chas happening. <laughs> I don't know. In my family, we just, I mean, it may be obvious from my reaction to this stuff, but in my family, Mm -hmm. we just don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I could announce to the world, (laughs) but I also couldn't be the crazy person. So I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I I would rather not be the crazy person who's holding up everybody's time that they paid for. I'm just swimming over here. Just having some fun. Just don't look at me. I'm in my my dress that I jumped in the water in. <laughs> I don't know. I I would choose to to tell. And I mean, either way, you're going to be everybody's vacation story. Hmm, that's true. Hmm. So I had a question, but you just answered it. If you have a code word for poop with your family and friends yeah what i can't even i can't even think of anything what about you i do um i don't know if i've told it on this before but um i have one with um, my best friend katrina who um as she's famous for has pooped her pants a couple times um as a as an adult um we say going to mom's house that means you have diarrhea. Oh. Because um, the story is we we met each other in training for AT&T Wireless like 15 years ago or something. And she was having she was like so anxious and stressed out about the new job that she was like having some intestinal <laughs> issues. And so she would drive to her mom's house to go to the bathroom because she can't um, go to the bathroom in public. And so I'd always say, hey, hey, new friends, come to lunch with the rest of us. And she would go, I can't. I'm going to my mom's house. And after she had said this a couple weeks, I was like, I pulled her aside and I'm like, look, is your mom like, what's what what's up with your mom's house? Why do you have to go there every day at lunch instead of hanging out with us? We're all getting to know each other. And she's like, well, because I'm pooping. I have <laughs> diarrhea and I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go to work. And I was like, I totally get it keep going to your mom's house and then that just became code sorry mom's house or like i'll be a little bit mom's house huh so this is a big part of your relationship with katrina then because it goes back to the beginning (laughs) beginning from the origin (laughs) yeah i i can't think of a damn thing and now i'm sad that i don't have well i do have a code word i can say just a minute ron it's just that nobody will get it except other tens (laughs) right we have one here where Ellie just says when Jeremy is going going to go to the bathroom, she goes, is it a long one or a short one? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Because long one usually means she gets a little bit extra uh, YouTube time or something. (laughs) I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Gross. So the last thing I want to ask you about this clip is, have you seen Captain Ron, the movie? I have, um, I don't remember it, but it was my sister's favorite movie. She watched it daily. Wasn't, I don't get was it. That it Kurt was that Kurt Russell was okay. in it, right? Martin Short? Yeah, he was Captain Ron. Yeah, which I thought was yeah. kind of weird, I remember thinking it's at the time. totally weird. 
It's totally weird. It's probably not a classic. Yeah, I feel like there was a whole span during that time of nautical movies. There was like Overboard and Captain Ron and like different ones that had boats as a central theme. And wasn't there one that was called like Down Periscope or something? There was one with Kelsey Grammer. Yes, yes. You know, the handsome leading man, Kelsey Grammer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. God, my brain is just the weirdest thing because I sure haven't seen it. But there it is. Down Periscope starring Kelsey Grammer. I bet that they're all about the like a five year span of where they're like, you know what sells boats? (laughs) (laughs) But they're not all overboard. Overboard is a great movie. It's it stands the test of time. I love Overboard. It's so good. Do you know they're remaking it? Uh Uh-huh, with Anna Faris. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. So Captain Ron is a no. So it will always be in my head as poop. (laughs) Yep. All right. Let's move on. I can't take any more of that. (laughs) (laughs) You did so great. Thank you. (laughs) The next clip is something much more modern. This is a clip featuring Andrew and Luke. It's from April 7th of 2015. There was a short time when um, Luke and Andrew came up with a new uh, unit of measurement for time. And that is the length of the song American Pie. So let's listen to that. Is it an okay song or is it like Pablum that just got popular maybe because of karaoke and is now someone paid $1.2 million to own the original manuscript? Well, for starters, you better not be singing this at karaoke. Like, oh, we do a I know. Public service. Have you ever been in a room where somebody did this on karaoke? Oh, I have been. I have been in many rooms where people have selected what? a song. What is wrong yeah. with people? What kind no, of an th- ego do you have to have to think that you can hold somebody's attention for over eight minutes with your dumb karaoke rendition of this song? <laughs> that really angers me. Come on, people, have some, have some decency. I've been I've been out to restaurants that had karaoke, and I've seen like fifteen year old cheerleaders practicing their version <laughs> of this song in the lobby, and it's made me furious. I'm just going to keep getting in fights with kids. It makes for good <laughs> content. Kid fights. Kid fights. Um, yeah, so first of all, don't do not do that. I, I think it's a good song. Like, I I think it's a good song, but I've never gone down some sort of a path of trying to untangle the mysteries of the lyrics within. Like, this was a time, and he basically said as much. Like, it was a little, you know, lyrics sometimes are not literal. <laughs> They're just... But he also said, but he also said, um, I don't believe that because I only listen to LL Cool J raps. <laughs> um, he's also said, he said throughout his career that, that when he sold the manuscript, he would then tell the person he sold the manuscript to what he meant, which I kind of thought was an interesting hmm. way to try to jack the price up. Like, I've got this secret, which, I mean, it's his secret to tell or not tell, right? Like, he, he retains the rights to his intellectual property that's inside his own brain. It still felt a little salesy to me. Yeah. Um... And also, I still don't buy it. I mean, you look at these lyrics. I mean, we're all adults here. We're not like, well, I don't know. Maybe we have some 
12 year old listeners but like mm-hmm. i feel like you know trying to untangle these lyrics when i was 12 years old and the i you know when you're just really kind of discovering music or feel like you're discovering things that have you know that you only you understand the importance of even though it's like you know the beatles anyway that's my own experience but like i loved like when i first discovered the beatles and how weird things got after i want to hold your hand like and this whole white album thing and rubber soul like sure i love just kind of like exploring the mysteries therein but like as a 38 year old man like not everything has a meaning paul isn't dead like we don't have to listen to stuff backwards like i don't <laughs> think that like i you know I, I i wouldn't buy american pie with the um expectation that um don mclean is going to give us a revelation about like and when i said i can't remember well no that's kind of more literal i'm just looking at the lyrics here um anyway i just the idea of him really explaining it line by line i mean chances are the answer is still like yeah i don't know it's poetry it's definitely inspired by you know the death of these three huge you know musicians in my life and how i felt about that and then i just kind of went off from there and it became poetry and some things may be symbolic some there may even be some symbolism um mm, but i think kinda, the word you're thinking of is symbology sim- oh that's right symbology i messed up my own joke um but uh i i don't know i'm more interested in knowing who you're so vain is about that's the one. You know that whole mystery, right? Yeah, there's uh, cheerleaders. <laughs> right. <laughs> Carly <laughs> Simon was walking through a Denver <laughs> right. airport. Exactly. And she saw these uh, kids practicing exactly. a, a Christian musical. Exactly. And she was just like, uh, give me a motherfucking break. Right, exactly. She kids. said, I hope God uses you kids. <laughs> um, we want to say thanks on that note to uh, Jeremy Jewell. Jeremy Jewell is our show sponsor for the day. By the way, you know what? This is a great... I had to restart this song. The song is 8 minutes and 37 seconds long. Probably every single segment on this show should be held to one airing of American Pie. You think so? Wait, hold on. We we already had to restart this song? Yeah, we're 2 minutes and 14 seconds into our second running... So what this means is that we're 11 minutes. That was 11 minutes oh of my us God. talking about American Pie. You know who's not going to like that too much? Turn down your music a little bit. Turn down your music a little bit. Because I'll tell you one guy yeah, who is just not, seamless. This, this is, is seamless. I hate iTunes. It's just <laughs> locked up. Steve Nelson. Nice. That was good. Seamless. Totally seamless. You know what I remember about this, Christy? What? is that shortly after the American Pie was established, somebody posted a American Pie conversion chart onto the Stens page where they showed, you know, three American yeah. Pies is this many minutes and so forth. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so cool. I love the person who made this up. And it was Meredith. Meredith was the person who posted that. Of course it was. Maybe we should try to find that and put that as our show photo. We should. I wonder if she still has it somewhere. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm sure she can whip it up if not. Oh, yeah. That's not exactly a difficult graph to make. I could probably recreate it. But if we have the original, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. So So this is a a newish one that's already fallen off, but I mean, people still, it's still great. Mm -hmm. And we used it, it was like in heavy rotation Mm -hmm. for a period of time and somehow seemed to have forgotten about it, but it's so great. 
Yeah, it is. Because remember, they would say stuff in reference to Steve Nelson, like Steve Nelson will only allow us to talk about this for three American pies <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, that was the bonus part of this clip is that we got to hear the Steve Nelson theme song. I miss that. <laughs> I know. It's so good. And Andrew being upset about iTunes. Some things never change. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So uh, as far as the meat of this clip goes, um, Andrew says, really, people sing American Pie at karaoke? And I, yes. wow, what kind of monster chooses American Pie for karaoke? A narcissist that likes their their own voice. Oh, my God. I... Uh, mm. If there's anybody out there who thinks that they do a killer job of this song at karaoke, please reassess your choices because I can barely listen to the entire entirety of the actual version. Right. <laughs> That's something you sing in your car. It It's a jam. It's a good song to sing along to. Keep it at home. <laughs> no one wants to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that I think is important to... Um, point out was that this was the same episode where Andrew told a long story of being in the airport and he saw this group of high school cheerleaders practicing their routine and it set him off on this long sort of spiral of resentment of the beautiful popular people. So there's a <laughs> reference to that in here and it's something that they talked about uh, on and off for a while after that. So I thought that was pretty funny too. Yeah, I love when um, that whole arc of that thing, and I don't know if it was in, I don't think it was even on this show, I think it because it, it spans so many times, is that by the end, he's like, you know what, they're just kids <laughs> doing their thing. <laughs> but it took, like it went from anger, like he went through all the stages of grief about, <laughs> about the, those cheerleaders. <laughs> I, it's hard when you have a you have this emotional response and your rational brain is like, come on, that's ridiculous. Right. And then that small high school nerd part of you is like, oh, I hate you. Right. Especially because from his stories, those were the type of people that picked on him and bullied him and beat him up. So I totally get that. I have the same reaction. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of displacement onto totally innocent children. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, we go, we just revert to that young age and of uh, being picked on, right? Yep. That just like snaps back. And I just have to think, these are like 12 year old kids, <laughs> or whatever they are. They aren't the ones that hurt you. <laughs> so I also like Andrew's thoughts about American Pie itself in here, about how when you're well, that age, that 12 or 13, and you're first like really exploring, I'll say like grown up music or popular music or whatever. And you're like, Oh, my God, that is so deep. And now that he's a grown ass Do man, he's like, about this? Really? Yeah. And this I don't even remember the whole story about Don McLean is gonna tell somebody who buys Whoever the song. Whoever pays for yeah. it gets to know. 
And yeah, I mean, I think when I first heard it and someone told me like, oh, this is, you know, it's actually about something. And then I started thinking like, oh, yeah, so that's what that is. And then it was like, and then he came out and he said, no, that's actually not what it is. Then I'm like, I don't care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that's also... I feel like I did that same roller coaster with the You're So Vain. I think Luke talks about it in there. Is that I was always like, who is she talking about? This is awesome. And then then it was she auctioned off getting to know who it is. And every so often it will come out like, it's not Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. You guys, it's not. Okay, it's not Warren Beatty. <laughs> like, well, I don't care anymore. I so know. I you can have you can lost tell us or not any interest in knowing who is the subject of that song, right? <laughs> um, the one that I also have that same roller coaster is the um, Alanis Morissette song, or that actually that whole album, but mostly the "You Ought to Know." Yeah, I don't really care if Dave Coulier is a giant a hole right. at this point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, when you do the math, he was super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the time, I was like, who was that bastard? And I do not like them. And then I'm just, I'm pretty over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And luckily she is, because it would be really weird for like a 45-year-old woman to still be really angry about that. <laughs> I wonder if she like has to change the meaning in her head when she sings it now to still oh. get the same passion into it. Right. Right. Well, so I wish this one had stuck around because I think it's great. I think the part about um, whatever they say, like put 38 seconds on the clock or whatever the current time Mm -hmm. period is. Yeah, that's funny, too. But uh, we have to be realistic here. I think eight minutes and 37 seconds is a much more realistic uh, guess as to how long they're going to talk about something. For sure. Yeah. Or 38 seconds is what they're going to talk about um, when they tease it as being the top story. Oh, oh yes, exactly. <laughs> 38 seconds of top story and then eight minutes of tangent. Yep. Or maybe 38 seconds to talk about whether we should talk about this and then decide that we shouldn't talk about this, but we will talk about it anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Should we do the next one? Yes, please. This is one of my favorites. This comes to us from April 24th, 2008. Oh my gosh, so early. I know, so early on. They're just babies. Um, And this is Luke being very, very proud of himself because he invented a word. We also get a special special shout out to our friends, Emily and Austin. Mm -hmm. Let's roll the clip. Uh, I thought I'd come up with the perfect word to describe what what this slideshow was, and that word was gay-mazing. Something that's so amazingly gay that it amazes you, that it's actually gay-mazing. And I was, like, really proud because this was, like, the funniest thing ever. And then I did, I googled gay-mazing, and there's a gay-mazing blog. It's in Urban Dictionary, and it's described as, when something is so gay, it's amazing. It's gay-mazing. So, uh, you know, I keep having these little epiphanies and then I find out that it's just shared brain syndrome, that I didn't invent them, that someone else had already thought of them. But then today I got an email from our friend Emily in Austin. And it turns out I finally did invent something. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
And that was the term shocky cheese. <laughs> I invented shocky cheese. Okay, what's shocky cheese, you might ask? Well, last night I was talking about how much I hate Starbucks because I feel like Howard Schultz. Uh, despite his current lawsuit, which of course I hope wins, but I feel like it was very, very dumb of him to sell my beloved Seattle Supersonics basketball franchise to somebody from Oklahoma City. He's a smart guy. He had to know what was going to happen. And I resent him deeply for that, for ruining professional basketball in Seattle. Uh, and I was talking about how I hate Starbucks, and I always am trying to not go in there, except it's really convenient. There's one just down the street from us. And I got to say, like I know the coffee's going to be pretty good. I know that the little salad is going to be uh, edible. And so I find myself... Every day, standing in line at Starbucks, ringing through my order, and then realizing at that moment, oh, I hate Starbucks. I'm not going here. And then the next day, same thing happens. I'm just standing in line, and, and I'm buying the thing, and I go, oh, oh, I hate this place. I'm not going here anymore. And I realize that Starbucks is my shocky cheese. It's like uh, when they do those experiments on rats, and they put them in a maze, and at the end of one of the little uh, pathways is a piece of cheese, and it's very delicious. Possibly Roquefort. But it's also hooked up to a, a, a little wire, and it uh, delivers a shock. And these rats, sometimes, they they keep forgetting that that's the shocky cheese. And they go down, and they bite into it, and they get zapped. And then they wander off, but then they smell that scent of cheese wafting back and they go back and they get shocked again and that's that's shocky cheese so i think we all i think people probably have shocky cheese that they date have you ever had a shocky cheese of a boyfriend jamie uh yeah i can think of some situations like that shocky cheese where you're like oh wait i i don't like you yes why am i on your futon right now how about you shawnee yeah, but it becomes apparent in the middle of the uh, involvement, like that they're nuts. Yeah. You know, I did that twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emily wrote, Luke, I gave it a quick Google. I think shocky cheese is legitimately your term. Brilliant. She says, I would add it to Urban Dictionary, but I am real busy at work. You know, Emily, every email she sends, she's one of the tens in Austin, every email she sends... Uh, she mentions how busy she is at work and she's mad at me because we said something funny and she laughed and then she had to go get a tissue and she's very busy at work. She doesn't have time for that. She also sends a lot of emails from work for someone who's so GD busy. Um, but uh, we should go We should go on Urban Dictionary and add Shockey Cheese. Maybe one of the tens who's listening right now will go to Urban Dictionary and add Shockey Cheese and attribute it to TPTL. Shockey Cheese is anything that you do or anyone you interact with, any kind of behavior that you actually hate, but you forget sometimes that you hate it until you're in the midst of doing it. And that, my friends, is a TBTL original. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Okay. And how much do you love that he thought he invented gay music? I know! <laughs> How could anybody think that they invented gay amazing? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that Emily set him set him straight, but in a nice way. Like, dude, you didn't invent that, but what you did invent, I mean, she must know Luke pretty well at this time. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you can give them a little insult, but also like pump them up at the same time, right? right? <laughs> um, I was just going to read really quickly the Urban Dictionary oh, please do. entry um, submitted by someone called E. Mu Lee, which I think maybe is Emily <laughs> or someone trying to pretend they're Emily, um, submitted on April 25th, 2008. Shocky Cheese. A habit or action in which you continue to engage despite the fact that it has burned you in the past. The term is derived from experiments where a rodent is put into a maze containing a delicious piece of cheese, perhaps Roquefort, <laughs> that is hooked up to <laughs> that is hooked up to a wire that shocks the rodent. The rodent keeps forgetting that's the shocky cheese. Coined by 710 Cairo AM. Oh, see, that's way old. Radio host Luke Burbank on Too Beautiful to Live. Quote, Starbucks is my shocky cheese. I was already paying for my latte when I remembered I hate this place. Hashtag burn. Hashtag regret. Hashtag gaff. Hashtag blunder. Hashtag screw up. <laughs> oh, that is perfect. Thank you, E. Mooley for <laughs> submitting that. <laughs> That's so great. And seriously, why does he keep going to Starbucks? He does it to this day, and I don't even think it's his shocky cheese anymore because I don't think he's upset about it anymore. He just no. goes and he puts those dollars in Howard's pocket with no problem. <laughs> I think he, once he met Howard and decided that it would be fun to like pretend he lived in that neighborhood or whatever... Um, that it's gone. It's not his shocky cheese mm. anymore. I think almost the more disturbing element of this is that Mike is getting drinks from Starbucks. Now, anybody who's yeah, listened that's a new thing. to this program for any length of time knows that Mike can hold the hate in his heart much more effectively than Luke can. And he is not forgiving Howard Schultz for selling the Supersonics at any time in the near future. But what he said is that Emily will like bring him a latte home and it's just so delicious. So like he thinks that because he doesn't actually step foot on the premises that it doesn't count Mm -hmm. somehow. Oh, okay. Is that how that works? I don't know. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. (laughs) Oh, geez. I guess it, it's just a testament to the deliciousness of Starbucks. Yeah, except for people that, um, and I, I don't like coffee anyways, um, but I know that people that are big coffee snobs don't like Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe, especially with a latte, you just like warm milk with sugar in it. Mm, what's to complain about with that? Right. <laughs> I mean, I had a friend who, when I was working at the Taco John's, she worked two doors down in the mall at the Cinnabon. And what was the drink that they had there? I don't even remember what it was called. Mocha Lotta Chill? Yes, it was the Mocha Lotta Chill. (laughs) Trust you to know. (laughs) And she would give me free ones. And I don't like coffee at all. But my God, the sugar and the chocolate and the oh whipped cream made that mighty so palatable. Amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, because there's only like 10% coffee in that mm-hmm. thing. Do you know, she it's said, mostly sugar rush. back in those days, if people asked what the calorie content was of the Cinnabons, they were supposed to say mm-hmm. they didn't know. They knew perfectly well, but they were supposed to lie. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's filled with goodness. <laughs> 900 calories of happiness. Um, that's So my mom was obsessed with Cinnabons. It would be like a special treat that she would have for breakfast on like a Sunday every so often. And she would buy it in advance, probably like a Friday night, go and get them or whatever. And um, when that happened, my sister and I got to have a mocha lot of chill. I don't think she knew that it had coffee in it, but we would share one. And that's how I know what it is. Mm. Anyway, why are we talking now about I want a Cinnabon? <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a shocky cheese? Well, I've been thinking about this on and off. And I don't really have anything that's huge in my life. But I will say that I am inevitably disappointed after I buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Which I know is kind of weird because it has such a reputation for being great ice cream. And I don't think it is because it tastes chemically to me. I I see them and the flavors seem really, really good. And I get excited and I'm going to get... Americone dream or I'm going to get fish food or whatever. And then I get it and there's always an off taste to me. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm not going to buy Ben and Jerry's anymore. <laughs> you um, you also have the benefit, the privilege of having that um, really delicious ice cream. Yes. There in Minnesota. Izzy's ice cream. Mmm. Yes. I love Izzy's. I just had it the other day at the Minnesota State Fair. They have a partnership with one of the dining halls where every year they develop a new, like a a state fair related flavor or a summer related flavor. And this year was a s'mores one and they did something where they tastes like smoky, marshmallowy chocolate. Oh God, it was good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Anything s'mores I'm good with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I feel like I've gotten to be a little bit of an ice cream snob because I have Izzy's. And if I'm buying something from the grocery store, I know it's kind of boring, but you can't go wrong with Haagen-Dazs. If you like oh. read the label for the Haagen-Dazs chocolate, the ingredients are like cream, sugar, cocoa powder, eggs, vanilla. It's like five or six ingredients. The stuff that should be Yes, exactly. (laughs) All all that there is in there is exactly what you need. And it's really good ice cream. It's so boring to say that. And it's not fun like Ben and Jerry's, but I think... I think I have. I just can't learn my lesson on that. Sometimes I get seduced by like the marshmallow swirls and the chocolate fish and stuff and I just go for it. So what's your shocky cheese? Um so I have well okay so definitely in the past it's been like uh Luke talked about uh boyfriends oh. always going for the exact same person. <laughs> yes. And... I love how Sean says I did that twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what was it something like they're crazy. <laughs> I did that twice. 
So and and for Sean to be saying that someone's crazy, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to meet that person in a dark alley or a women's bathroom. Um, so yes, that drama in relationships, but so there's this place that we go. So whenever we go out, my drink is always iced tea, unsweetened iced tea, and then I put in that chemically pink packet, sure, whatever the pink one is. Um. And don't don't write me letters. I know that I'm gonna get brain tumors from it, but I like it, so leave me alone. Um, and so I get that. But there's one restaurant that we go to all the time, and they don't have fresh brewed. It's the kind that's in the fountain, and it tastes awful. It's just like tea tea flavored water. It's so gross. And I keep telling myself and Jeremy like, remind me that I hate the tea here. And every single time I forget. Hmm. So that's kind of a boring shocky cheese, but that's the one I could think of today. I need to write myself a note. I like there needs to be some kind of app, like a shocky cheese app. If I knew how to make things or I was good at anything, I would come up with some kind of app for your phone that when you get close to a location, a reminder <laughs> pops up. Reminder. <laughs> and you hate Ben and Jerry's. Christy, remember you hate the iced tea here. That, that we could make millions. But how would Luke be able to even move around if he has an alert for every time he approaches a Starbucks? <laughs> exactly. Well, he would just turn it off and have to admit to himself that he actually does like Starbucks. Well, that's true. I mean, when you are traveling, um, it is the best because it, it feels like home. Everything you know, the drinks are going to be consistent. The food is going to always be the same. So it is nice to to have that and so there's always going to be an, one in an airport usually one next to a hotel so i get why he's been going to them a lot mm-hmm. yeah and i i didn't understand that until the last time i was traveling and i went to london by myself and there just comes a point when you're just so tired of traveling and tired of making decisions when you're in a strange place and you don't have a coffee shop or an anything, you're just like, I don't even want to explore anymore. I just need something now that I don't have to think about. Right. And that's what places exactly. like Starbucks or that's why people go to McDonald's when they're traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, I have exactly. a lot more sympathy for that after I've had that experience where I was like, I just I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do, but I don't want to have to make the decision anymore. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you just feel um, like you need a piece of home. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, we used to go to Mexico a lot. And once you're there, like past like four days, you just want American food. You just want one meal that reminds you of home. And my sister and I have this grand plan of retiring and opening a restaurant that just serves like homemade American food. Two tourists that have like timeshares that have been there way too long and just need need American food. That is not a bad idea. I know. And um, then we want it to be a regular thing and then a regular restaurant. And then at night it turns into after dark, like the peach pit after dark. <laughs> and then it becomes kind of a dance club. <laughs> well, 
I I will come and work for you, but I don't want to have to manage the peach pit after dark. <laughs> okay, you be the baker. Oh, I can deal with that. Yes, I love this idea. <laughs> All right, there's one more thing I want to talk about with this clip. And it's that Luke throws just a little bit of shade at Emily in this clip by saying that every Emily, every email Emily sends says that she she talks about how busy she is at work and how she has to take time out to send him these emails. But she sends an awful lot of emails from work. So how busy can she possibly be? I love this because I feel like this is something that I kind of do, um, or at least I used to, especially on the Stents page. I would be like, uh, I mean, that's how the Stents page got invented. To John Takamoto, I said, well, I don't know how to do things, but you know, it'd be cool as if we had a Facebook page. <laughs> and then bingo, we have a Facebook page. So I feel like I do that a lot. Like if I knew how to do something, this would be cool. And then someone else does it. Mm-hmm. So I'd really like to know if if you if Emily isn't the one who's E Mu Lee mm-hmm. um, on Urban Dictionary, I would uh, let us know if you're s- still a listener and you're listening to this. Um, let us know if you're the one who submitted Shocky Cheese. Yes, we'd like to know. Yeah, I'll send you some cheese, <laughs> maybe some Roquefort. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the last clip. I'm looking forward okay. to this one because this Me is the too. one that will will make our merchandise uh, decisions much clearer when people listen to it. <laughs> and this is the invention of the term and theme even of case closed. And all these other clips have been running like between four and five minutes long. This clip is uh, 15 minutes and 41 seconds, which is longer than I like to do for clips. But it happened like this story unfolded over the course of three shows. And so I had to grab the relevant bits from each show and then splice them together. So hopefully people won't be too confused. You should hear the beep when we go to the next day. But this all starts with Luke doing some speculating about Sean's living situation and goes down a road that they never would have (laughs) predicted. And it gave us this wonderful gift. So let's go ahead and roll that clip. Uh, It's going to be a minestrone soup. Eh, Minestrone. And uh, instead of vermicelli or uh, elbows, I'm putting in some uh, little baby raviolis or ravioli. No, that would be singular. Um, I just you're gonna do this tonight when you get home from the show, or what? No, um, I'm amazed that you're still doing substitutions. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, a, that's that's been that's that's kind of that's you know gone that's gone south for you a couple times. Well, see, I'm one to experiment. Yes, yeah. you know. Yes, and I'm not saying that the experiments won't go awry mm-hmm. or maybe a sourdough, mm-hmm. but oh. uh, hey, but um. <laughs> so, so but, you you like to you like to mix it up, and then what do you do after you make one of these these fairly involved meals where you make a big crock pot dish or something else? Then you you sit in your kitchen mm-hmm. with your plate, and do you set up? Do you like do you like candles? Do you have a? Is it just you? Do you have uh, do you have your roommate there? Do you get your very very good friend Christina to come over? What do you what do you do? Because I I have this picture in my mind mm-hmm. of you sitting there with like silver serving and that the uh what do they call that dome thing that you put over 
Oh, the uh, what's that actually called? Rich person Silverdome. Yes, rich person Silverdome. Thank you. <laughs> I imagine you with a rich person Silverdome, <laughs> yeah. and a uh, there's like a butler, and yeah. you have it's this the round and round video from Rat. Yes, yes, Milton Berle is there, <laughs> right? Dressed in drag. That's right. And then no, but there's actually just the butler who's standing off to the side, and then you're just sitting there like a like a a a, a lonely little rich boy eating your. This is the, when when you talk about cooking. These, uh-huh. This is what I imagine happens well, it, at your house in Interbay. It's you know, is it a lot like that? Surprisingly, it's not too far off from that. <laughs> okay, um, I have an extremely long table, like one you would see in a uh, movie about rich people and their rich silver domes, like in Citizen Kane. Exactly. So I'm sitting at one de- one end yeah. of the table with my silverware spread. Yeah. Okay, and I've got my food, and then I say. Could you please pass the salt? And then I run to the other end of the table, <laughs> and I go fetch it for myself. Right. And then I run back and see. That's how I keep so li- mm-hmm. uh, uh, slim and trim. Right. That's it's you mostly know? just related to run getting condiments and things for yourself. Exactly. At the table. So I'm planning on doing that tomorrow and another round on Sunday. But I'm making a pizza. How um how is your 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 swimming pool that shaped like a dollar bill coming in? <laughs> You know that put in the backyard, right? Yeah, no. The construction is going well. They've already dug the dollar bill. Were we were we on the air or off the air when we were talking about this the other day? That that's the worst possible shape for a swimming pool. I think that was on the air. Off the air. Were we on the air? I think we were on the air. Well, whatever. Let me just let me say let me say for the record once and for all, in case that was an off the air conversation. (laughs) For all his money, Richie Rich had the most jankily shaped pool of all time. Think about how often you were forced to turn left or right you couldn't do laps i know it's a dollar bill i know it's ostentatious it's the symbol for a dollar bill you mm-hmm. know that s with the lines through it but it's that is the worst shape of pool you could ever have yeah so, so suck it richie rich that's what i'm getting yeah awesome. sometimes not as awesome though not awesome Whew. i'm gonna call this one awesome do you ever say not awesome, or you mostly say awesome now? Um, well, usually you've been st- on an awesome run. I've been you? on an awesome run. That's it good. hasn't gone in my favor to say not awesome. That's good though. I like that. I like a little positivity for once out of you, Detori. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Go home to your long table and your dollar sign-shaped pool, and my rich person silver dome. That's right. Oh, I learned what that's called. Somebody emailed in a plate charger. No, that's not it. Okay. A plate charger is the thing that goes underneath the plate. It surrounds the plate. It's like a giant plate that your plate oh, sits that, on. That, oh. that the waiters always move the, around right after you sit down. Um, you know how they come in and they come in on on your right. Yeah. And they move it out of the way. No, it's it's. Uh, I think it's. Then the real plate comes. Well, the real plate goes on top of the charger. Oh. The charger is is a. It's like a giant decorative plate that your plate sits on. The thing on top. I don't know what that is. I, I'm going with rich person Silverdome, <laughs> as Sean so accurately coined it. This is awesome, not awesome. Um, I will. Uh, I'm. This is a kind of a combo platter here. Oh, and by the way, <clears throat> quick aside. By the by, uh, Mister or Mrs. It's called a charger. Stupid. I went to uh, n- none other than eBay, which is the highest authority on what things are called. Yes. Because commerce has a way of kind of. Filtering out all the other stuff, and if it's called a charger, or if then people when they're trying to sell it will call it that because otherwise people won't know what to look for. 
And I'm looking at hundreds upon hundreds of listings for chargers. And chargers are, according to everything I'm seeing on eBay, exactly what I'm talking about. And nary a dome to be seen. I did see one reference on another website to a silver, it's just called a silver dome cover. Hmm. But it's not called the charger, as far as I can tell. I can't find, I did like three different Google searches for variations on silver charger, silver dome charger, fancy dome charger. Nothing like that? Nothing like that. So, um, but feel free to send another angry update to Jennifer. <laughs> she loves it. Um, I, which means that I think here and now on this program, Sean, you have, you're, you're really, you're white hot the last couple of weeks. You got Nostalgia. Right. What was the other one? Prezine. Prezine, Nostalgia, and now what's the? Rich Person Silver Dome. Yep. And you said RPSD. Oh, they just upped it. What'd they say? Yes. Some chargers do not have lids or covers. The middle class kind. All right. We'll have them send you a link to any kind of internet. I can't write back. It's all instant message. Well, they're clearly listening. (laughs) Mom, send the link in. (laughs) Whoever you are, Miss Manners, send in, send some kind of. They're not Miss Manners. The whole effing thing. That oh, was yeah. the last one. Did they really use the F word? They used F asterisk 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 well, ing. That was nice of them. They took yeah. the time to asterisk out the bad parts. <laughs> oh, by the way, another listener emailed in to say that it's Morse code, not Morris code. Yeah. Which is true. I guess I say more. I've been saying Morris code instead of Morse code. Oh. So my apologies. I also know, no one's correcting me on this, but for the record, I know that it's Porsche. It's not Porsche. It's Porsche. That's what Porsche aficionados will tell you. That's pronounced That's Porsche. That's another situation where it's a foreign word. And by the way, it's uh, it's connoisseur, if you actually want to be serious. I'm, I'm serious because we're getting fancy here. <laughs> what I want from this from this unknown person out there in the night who's using the Comcast inbox, what I want to see is some proof. I want to see some kind of website that, that's selling or is in some way alluding to this RPSD. <laughs> And calling it a charger. <laughs> middle class chargers. <laughs> a middle class you. <laughs> Whoever this listener is, they're getting angrier and angrier about this whole um, silver, rich person silver dome. Is that yeah. what we're calling it? Because yeah. now what they wrote is... It's the same person who called it a charger? Mm-hmm. Now they wrote, the whole effing thing is the charger. Lid and all, exclamation point. Charger lid. So... That's a really rude butler. Come on! Uh, and it's not awesome. Thank you, Sean. Well, He's really that, getting frustrated. Maybe so. that maybe that person's right. I don't know. I have I went to my friend's my friend uh, the colonel. His uh, mom and dad are fancy pants, and I went to Christmas dinner one time at their house. And I sat down, and in front of me there was the plate, the china, and then there was a bigger plate that it was sitting on and I said well, what's this and they said it's a charger and then when I did the the marathon in Phoenix I went to his sister's house and the apple does not fall far from the charger because his sister <laughs> also who has a lovely home we had dinner there and there they had chargers and I didn't see a rich person silver dome anywhere so maybe uh, yeah maybe maybe that's considered to be part of it it's also interesting that I just this is anonymous during in it was an instant message and I just assumed it was a man because he has escalated it so quickly. <laughs> so that was kind of sexist of me. Yeah. I don't it could be a woman. 
Well, I'll <clears throat> I'll do a little digging around here during this commercial break, and then um, uh, you just forward that on to me. I'm going to deal him a little Burbank justice. I don't know what that means. I'm going to have to think of that also during the commercial break. All right. Um, Jen, you had a few uh, reactions to the, uh, this big charger conversation. The RPSD? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well- Rich person, Silver Dome. So what happened last night is we were trying to figure out what was the name of the silver dome that goes over food that rich people eat in movies and mm-hmm. such, or Richie and, Rich. And what Sean does at his <laughs> house. Does. Sean has his stroganoff. So Sean coined it the rich person silver dome, the RPSD. Mm-hmm. And then uh, an anonymous person IM'd us to say that it was a charger. And much like I picked the wrong hip-hop terminology to denigrate or even to deprecate. Mm-hmm. That person picked the wrong formal, you know, serving thing to to claim it is because I actually know what a charger is. So you explained that uh, that was what goes under the plate. Yes. So then he was very mad and wrote back again. And You're said assuming it was a man because he because was aggressive. Because he said it's an effing lid charger. And so then you said, listen, this is my story. And so you told your whole story. So mm-hmm. then he wrote and said, let me get this straight. Luke's evidence that the charger lid is not the charger. He ate dinner at somebody's house and said, what is this under my plate? And he was told it's a charger. Then he went somewhere else for dinner. And son of a bitch, there it is again. <laughs> Luke thinks, if there's one thing I know, it's chargers. Yeah. So that was This is story. actually, interestingly, this is one of the more... This is one of the few topics I'm actually versed in. That That, by the standards of this show, that... I'm an expert. I'm a veritable expert on that compared to other stuff we talk about that I know even less about. So then Jen T wrote in and said, I think you guys are right. Every reference I can see calls them serving covers or serving domes, not chargers. Hmm. Then Bob wrote in and said, chargers are the fancy plate holder. The dome is a meat dome. (laughs) And he he linked to an (laughs) antique uh, website that sells antiques. And I I went there and they they indeed were calling it a meat dome. Oh, that sounds sounds terrible. And like an adult film I would have (laughs) maybe rented. But we got down to it. And this is, we have another Lauren. This one's in D.C. Mm-hmm. She says, okay, time banditing from work, 29 minutes in. You may have already had the answer, but I've decided to look into this. I was so enthralled by your Comcast inbox source <laughs> and the RPSD discussion that I've spent some time Wikipedia all types and finally found it. Voila. It's a cloche. A cloche. Which is French for bell. And she linked to it. And lo and behold, here it is. Cloche. French for bell refers to the following, a bell, a row cover, a cloche hat, a restaurant's bell-shaped cover for a plate of food to retain warmth. That sounds like Uh it. That's it. Right there. What's your butler's name? Smithington? (laughs) Um, Yes, actually. I almost forgot because I have two. Right. I, I meant I meant your Smithington and the other one, Jerkington. Yeah, the one I meant that your pulls weekday. up the cloche. Yeah. So now you know what to call it, Sean. A cloche. Get yeah. this cloche off my yeah. charger plate. I can't wait for this cloche to be removed. Okay, I'm gonna have to set Smithington. Yeah. Is that who you said? Yes, yeah, I forgot again. Smithington. I'm gonna have to tell the, him the what's weekday up. guy. Right. Yeah. Because the weekend one is Jerkington. Yeah. And then just to clear something up, if we can move past the RPSD or the cloche. Yes. Well, I I think it's, you know, case closed. Case closed. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, 
Excellent. Closed. <laughs> I just had to say it again. Yeah. For my own personal yeah, self. Roll around in it a little bit. That was a good one. All right. Sorry, Jennifer. Okay. What was that? <laughs> so uh, this one comes from April in Denver, and it says... TBTL is not fact checkers. Mm, well, and I want to start right we've off We've made the bat. no secret of that. <laughs> I just want to start and say to April right now, you do not get to use that terminology right. when you're putting a not before it. TBTL right. is things. Yes. But TBTL is not not There's things. There isn't even a word for not in the no. TBTL lexicon. No. So that's not There's okay. not a word for not, although, wait, I just used it. <laughs> Hey, Jen, revenge wraps from Rap Master Maurice are still $7. You keep saying they're $14. No need to hurt his business. Peace. <laughs> April. So it is true. Somebody mentioned to us that they were $14. We took them at their at their word. Mm-hmm. Now April says they aren't. I'll take her at her word mm-hmm. because I'm not a fact checker. Right. But well, again, you can't say TVTL is not fact checkers. That's right. That's not okay. Boom. Roasted. Thank you. Boy, that was the most... Per- I feel like that we just we just raced through those letters. I think we cleared up a lot of stuff. Sadly, not my skin. That's still combination. Oily in some places, dry in others. <laughs> you but, got a T-zone situation? Uh, yeah, I do. I need some corn silk. <laughs> um, but uh, but I do think that we really we really helped... We healed the world in a small way. And, and also now everyone knows about the cloche. And as... Sean, we need to make a jingle for that, too. For the cloche? Case closed. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, but it needs to have like a Rockford Files kind of, or like a Columbo kind of music. Like an old police something or other. Well, because I feel like we uh, oftentimes get to the end of some meaningless discussion, and then we're just kind of done talking about it, but there's not, like, how do you put a cap on that? Mm-hmm. You know? And then, Can we just put it at the end of the exclusive one, but have it say, case closed? But I but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a secret. I think it's more like it's like if it were a a nineteen eighties detective show, if this were it would be Jake and the Fat Man high fiving, mm-hmm. it freezes, and then there's like a hot guitar lick. <laughs> Case, Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> Case <laughs> closed. So Christy, I am just delighted. That Sean was talking about his cooking plans. There was actually a lot more that he was talking about before this, about his cooking plans and about how he's going to substitute the ravioli in for, in minestrone soup. <laughs> and Jen says, I'm amazed that you're still doing substitutions. <laughs> exactly. So this must have been after the chevre. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Incident. <laughs> so... This was one thing that endeared me to Sean early on because my first week of listening was when they were doing the um, uh, Thunderdome. Sure. And they were trying to live off of $2 a day. And his idea was to just buy all of these ingredients and make one giant casserole that he ate every single day. And I thought that was pretty genius. And just like he constantly was cooking things. I mean, sometimes they were crazy mm-hmm. and they didn't turn out well but um yeah i i liked this idea i loved his italian accent (laughs) (laughs) better or worse than um, than luke's irish accent oh same yeah probably (laughs) both weirdly probably from commercials maybe a little offensive um because he it kind of sounded like he was trying to be chef boyardee (laughs) a little bit a little bit um 
I love the puns that we got when he says, if things go right or a sourdough. <laughs> yes. Classic Dottori. Classic. I love it. I, I just love the thought of this whole setup of him having a really long table mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in which he passes things to himself because he's the only one there. <laughs> I know and he's, he runs back. He's running up and down the table. Will you please pass the salt? <laughs> and that's how he keep that's how he keeps fit is just by these crazy dinner things that he does. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, of course the RPSD. Now that's again right away with the acronym. Right. That, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Um, but before that, I love the pool, the whole talk about the pool shaped like a dollar sign. Yes. And um, the fact that they had talked about that off the air <laughs> was a little funny. And then they brought it on there. And then he's like, you can't do, Luke says, you can't do laps. And you're always going to be doing left turns. <laughs> that was amazing. Well, you'll do the right turns on the way back. Right? Right. I don't know <laughs> I how this so. works. And we'll have to watch a Richie Rich, um, a Richie Rich episode to see how it works. Yeah, I guess. I don't think that he actually used the pool for anything. I think the pool was more of a symbol, Luke. Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's get into this because it's over three nights. Was it a whole week that it happened or was it over a couple weeks? I don't remember because... I actually couldn't find the individual episodes. They are in a part of the 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 canon that is not yet archived, but they had done a rerun where somebody, I assume Jen, had put all the different parts together and I just trimmed that down to get the parts that we needed. So I know that this was from very early in 2009, but I'm not sure exactly how spread out all of this was. But I think it was probably within the course of a week. Yeah. That So we have the first instance is this where they're talking about how Sean is a rich person. And he said that the rich person, Silverdome. Mm-hmm. Which you so- instantly knew what he was talking about, right? For sure. For sure. And had no idea what it was called. No. I mean, who does? In fact, this... I mean, I'm jumping the gun, but I'm just going to do it. Um, This episode where they figured it out actually helped me with my job. At the time, I was working for a rich, a very rich guy. And he had his girlfriend was very sick. She had brain cancer and she was dying. And his cook was bringing over meals to the girlfriend's house. They lived in the same block. They didn't live together. They lived in the same block. And they would take meals and then she passed away. And he was very upset because his silver dome things had gone missing. Uh-oh. And he kept calling the family, um, we need I mean, I need my silver domes back and it, you know, and you need to get them. Well, they didn't know where they were and who knows where they actually went. And he kept telling me that I needed to order some, but he didn't know what they were called. And I didn't know what they were called. And so I was actually looking up, you know. I wasn't looking up rich person Silverdome, but I was like plate cover and not getting what I needed and like on and on and on. And then they figured it out and was like, 
it's a cloche. And then I knew what to Google and then I ordered some. That's amazing. I know, right? <laughs> I think I wrote to them at the time and told them told the, that the, the, they had helped me out. That's so cool. Well, so really the, the super interesting part of this is this irate person who keeps emailing them in the inbox to let them know that it's this plate charger, right? Which was maybe the first time listening to the show that I was time banditing listening to it. And I was like, no, no, that's not what it is. I know what it no, is, but it's, it's not. It's not that. And I was like, who do I email? Where do I email? And I'm like, oh, no, this was like two years ago, Anne. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know how this person was corresponding with Jen. But if it was the I am through the Cairo site, mm -hmm. swears would get starred out. Every time you would write something and it was a swear word, it would start out. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I think that person wrote it. And that person is very rude. Mm -hmm. Did you, I also assumed it was a man. I did too. So aggressive with the, with the language. Like, come on. Like the way that they were talking was just so annoying. And that's why I think it, they weren't actually a 10. This right. was a hop on. Oh, okay. This was a Cairo hop on. And normally I get really uncomfortable when Luke gets belligerent with <laughs> listeners. But this time I was like, you stand strong, Luke. Give it to him. You don't start doubting yourself because he is wrong and you are right. Yes, for sure. And just the way that they just kept on going like, Oh, so let me get this straight. That's how I assume they talk. Mm -hmm. um, let me get this straight. So Luke went to a dinner party one time and it was called a charger. Ooh, like I just was so annoyed with it. Why do you have to be rude? I, some people's children. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I do have to say about this clip and the any of the other radio ones I love the way it sounds. Mm -hmm. I love the sure, old, yeah. And I just, Luke just sounds so relaxed and it just sounds like he's hanging out with friends. That's yep. how I imagine him if he were just hanging out in his living room talking. And I can even just picture him with his feet up on the desk with his microphone in his hand, just like hanging out. And I love that sound of just being relaxed. And he's like, oh, okay. Maybe it's Maybe it's not a charger. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he does sound so young in some of these clips, especially this one. Yeah, he just has a really, like a, you're totally right, like a relaxed and, and friendly manner. And even though he's arguing the, through this person, with this person over the radio, he's really not uh, losing his cool over it at all. No. Yeah. I mean, he definitely is like, no, yeah, I, this is something I actually know. <laughs> but he's not wanting to fight them. Mm -hmm. I well, mean, maybe deep down he is. <laughs> well, because he's not T&E is <laughs> the thing. Right, right. Yeah, so then eventually they do find out what it's called. Thank God for listener Lauren. I would not have gone for listener Bob with it's a meat dome. That's just no. ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like it was he was joking. 
Oh, really? Was it a joke? I don't know. I wonder. I wonder what happens if you were to Google Meat Dome right now. Um. Oh, my goodness. Did you get some X-rated things? No. You oh. actually do get some cloches. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Antique Victorian English silver plate turkey meat dome food cover. God, that's a mouthful. Or the 46 best cloches and meat dome images on Pinterest. I wonder what is the difference between the two. Or maybe that's the the French way to say it is cloche and English Ah. is meat dome. Or maybe if it's a cloche, you can put it over any food. And meat domes are strictly for meat. (laughs) (laughs) Royal Ninth Lancer Meat Dome. It looks like it's English. Mm. That's the English way to say it. It does. Huh. Victorian silver plate. Cloche sounds sounds better. Yes. We're sticking with cloche. Yeah. Especially because we get the great case cloched. Sean has (laughs) come up with a lot of funny wordplay things in his time but i think this might be the best one i think so it was so amazing it stayed around for a long time uh yeah i like this one and i also wouldn't mind some lrb merch with his butlers smithington and jerkington (laughs) oh i imagine that those those are the hands that are holding the cloche in our shirts that we have for it ah yes that makes a lot of sense one is the top hand is Smithington and the bottom is Jerkington. They have to walk like that together. <laughs> right. And do you suppose Sean demands it. that Sean's butler Jerkington is related to Dr. Jerkington? Oh, I- I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's probably their brothers. <laughs> yeah, probably brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the butler is the less successful brother, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or yes. vice versa. Yes. We never know. I don't, we don't know how much butlering pays. No. At least not at Sean's house. and then there's this little tag on the end that i left in um where jen is upset at somebody who's criticizing them and using the construction of tbtl is not fact checkers and she says that's not allowed tbtl is not not things (laughs) yes i love that tbtl is things it's not not things and i love just the statement tbtl terminology is not to to be mean or rude mm-hmm, exactly i like this mm-hmm. and then after that we get this this wonderful case cloche jingle that <laughs> and luke describes his vision of it it's like the 80s tv series where you have the freeze <laughs> on the last frame when people are like high-fiving each other or whatever yeah That's exactly what I picture. That was the jingle that they used too, right? They didn't develop a better one. I think no. that first one there, that There's played, nothing better than that. No, that's true. Can't go up from there. Case closed. All right. Anything else that we want to say about this amazing clip? I don't think so. I just love it. Mm-hmm. I loved all of these clips. Thank you so much for putting this all together. You're welcome. I, I was... I um usually when we're doing a clip show, I listen to them a couple times. And the first time through, I was at work today just laughing hysterically. <laughs> People think I'm weird. But I don't care. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love hearing all this. And it's making me want to go back and listen to all the radio days. Mm-hmm. I think I need to do that. And let's try to revive some of these a little bit. If anybody wants to like send us stories or post on the LRB Facebook page or something, if, if you have a just a minute, Ron, or um, yes. a time when you were really tired and emotional, or if you have a shocky cheese that you want to tell us about, let's yes. dust off some of these terms and use them because they're too much fun to let them die. Agree. And then also for... We're, we assume there's going to be a terminology part three mm-hmm. if Anne already hasn't started the spreadsheet for it. Um, if you have a terminology that you love or you've heard something or seen something on the Stens page or heard us say something and you don't know where it came from, let us know because we would love to do that mm-hmm. in the next one. You know what term I looked and looked and looked for and I haven't been able to find and it's so stupid that I can't find it is I wanted to do where Jen gets the nickname Flash. Oh, and I remember the story and I kind of yes. remember the general time. It was in that first year in the show and I cannot mm-hmm. find it anywhere. And I have searched the archives like six ways to Sunday. We'll find it. Yep. That's going to be the new mission because it's so great. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. And for people that don't know it, will wait so you can actually hear it because them telling the story is so amazing, but it will come soon. But you know what? We need help. Mm-hmm. Right, And We need help with this project. Absolutely. The archive project is still going. There are still weeks to be archived. Uh, do you remember which week you uh, have me assigned to, Christy? I don't. <laughs> Yikes. The the week that I am in the middle of, I am actually on the day of when they cook the prosine in studio. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. It, are you having so much fun with it's it? It's so fun. I have gotten sucked yeah. off of it because, you know, I've been putting together clip shows. And yeah, you're very whatever, busy but recording like multiple episodes in a day. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to get back to it and I'm enjoying it so much. And you never know what you're going to come up on when Christy gives you a week of shows to archive. You might find some things that you had forgotten about that you're like, oh my God, yes, that was so fun. So if you want to get involved with the archiving project, you don't have to be weird like me and do 35 weeks. You can do one week or two weeks. That is absolutely fine. Just send Christy an email. She monitors the LRB inbox and just let her know. Say, what do I have to do to do this? And it's pretty fun, I think. In more housekeeping, please check out the merch in the merch store. Um, All you newbies quote unquote now you can go look at the design for the case cloche and know what it means and look at the hands of jerkington and smithington (laughs) uh if you are shopping you know the drill by now littleredbandwagon.com slash amazon and get us a few pennies remember we just talked about that and those pennies add up and we appreciate it and send in your favorite moments from lrb for the end of year best of show and also Play bingo with us. If you haven't listened to last Friday's show, you got to get on that. Send me an email at uh, tbtlbingo at gmail.com and I'll send you a card. I think we're going to let people um, 
catch up if they're time managing our show for a couple of weeks and send me the emails and send in suggestions for what the square should be. And probably after next week, we'll start playing. So get on this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've seen the list and I can't wait for this to start. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you too can get involved with our show. You can go to littleredbandwagon.com or send us your throw your phone moments or as people have turned it into a hug your phone Mm, moment at throwyourphone.com. Why did I say it like that? That was so weird. Okay. Um, You can see us on Facebook on our page, um, Little Red Bandwagon, or on the Stents page. And you can um, tweet us at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and um, send us a voicemail or a text. No one's ever text us. We need some texts. Um, it's 802-432-8285 or easier, 802-432-TBTL. TBTL. Awesome. I wanted to do change that um, jingle that they have. That's my favorite. That's the rhymes or the illest that the rap one. Oh, yeah. But to have our phone number. (laughs) (laughs) But it will just be me weirdly saying it instead of rapping it. Of course. (laughs) Right. I'm sure it'll be seamless, though. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. No one will even know the difference. Well, Christy, I think it's been another fun show. I hope it's been another fun show yes. for people to listen to. It was fun for us. I know. That's really all that matters in the end. <laughs> that's all that matters. We're doing this for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with that, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. You're amazing, Jen, and we love you. Just a minute, Ron. He's closed. <laughs> You're so nerdy. <laughs> what? I am extremely cool. <laughs> but like nerdy cool, right? <laughs> no. Cool, cool. Plain cool. <laughs> I'm like Sandy at the end of Greece. Oh, okay. <laughs>